0: The Viewpoint, eight to ten PM, flipping conventional wisdom on its head. Kokezo Sachane on SAFM. It is the Viewpoint. Kokezo Sachane standing in for Songezo Mabeka. As mentioned, nothing changes in terms of what we have. For you on the show. Round about this time on a Monday, Songhezo looks at some of the main stories from the weekend, and that is exactly what we are going to do. What has caught your attention over the past few days? Uh, is there a story that you have been following and have been waiting to share your views on? Please feel free to do so right now by calling on 011-714-2006. And as mentioned, to help us direct or rather dissect at least a couple of stories from the weekend, we are joined now on the line by social development activist Lorenzo Davis. Welcome back to the show, Lorenzo. How are you doing, brother?
1: Hey, welcome. I'm I'm, I'm happy to be back. Thank you. It's great to be with you again.
0: Thank you very much for making time. So much has been happening, uh, Lorenzo, and I know part of it mm. uh, you have been writing on. And as I was sitting with the team just trying to figure out which which area does one focus on, there is so much from last week bleeding into the weekend into today. And I've got a couple of points uh, that I want to touch on, and I'm sure you've got a few of your own. But as a start, I found something quite um Amusing, because also looking at social media, what has been happening on social media, and what has also been discussed over the past uh, couple of of days, at least, we know that as a country, we sit and wait for President Cyril Ramaphosa uh, to, to act on the back of the... SIU investigation into digital vibes. And the assumption being made is that we will see the back of uh, Minister Zuelim Kiza, which in turn has led to quite a long conversation around a possible cabinet reshuffle. And the, the president last week when he was out and about in Johannesburg, when he was asked a question by a journalist, his response was, watch this space. Are you watching the space, Lorenzo? What do you make of this debate? Yeah, absolutely. I think the whole country is watching this space. The president is known
1: for playing a very, very, very long game. I would hate to play golf with the president. Uh, He certainly takes his time. And, um, and, And part of the challenge in the country right now is that there is a sense of urgency that has gripped our democracy to bring it onto an even keel. And I think the president is, at this stage, probably misreading it but he does have a steady hand. Uh, I must give him that. And his contemplation about a cabinet reshuffle has been on the cards for about two months now uh, since it's pop- it popped into the, the media space. But, but I do think the president is seriously considering some very major changes. The only danger, and, and this is the risk to the country, is that he does too little and too late. And, and we know that within the the colossus of the ANC, the the ease of fraternity of deep loyalty to each other. And uh, we mustn't underestimate how complex this particular reshuffle is going to be for the president.
0: Yeah, and on that, and we'll get to, uh, Lorenzo, those who have put their their hands up, um, who have volunteered to step into the cabinet. But going back to what you mentioned about the president having a steady hand and the fact that he does take his time, while in some instances there is merit in one taking time, consulting, whatever it is that you're doing when you're taking your time, but the reality is, with all the challenges that the country faces, particularly looking at what has happened over the past two weeks with the unrest, with uh, COVID-19, of course, going into uh, the third wave, there isn't time to have the sturdy hand.
1: Yeah, I, I think you're, you're absolutely correct. I think that I fear that the president is either ill-advised at this stage or is not reading the situation correctly. You know, I think back to around 1985, 86 in this country, when we had the state of emergency. uh, We had a a man called P.W. who was president of the country then. And he just he just balked. He would not release Nelson Mandela unless President Mandela agreed to his terms. He was adamant on his ways. And he misread the country and eventually had a stroke in 89. uh, And, uh, you know, if W De came in as president, and he was basically removed from power, I, I think the President is facing some very, very real risks here. Um, he, he must not, he must not go slow uh, for the sake of caution. He must go slow for the sake of correctness. and mm-hmm. that correctness now calls on him to be fairly urgent with some fairly drastic changes he needs to make to his executive leadership
0: we 're in conversation with social development activist Lorenzo Davis, looking at some of the uh, top stories from the weekend, and of course, there is the debate around cabinet reshuffle or not your views on this o double one seven one four two thousand and six. You can join the conversation with Lorenzo and Lorenzo, speaking of those who have put their hand up, I mean, I saw on Twitter at least rake Niertling. our our former champions um, swimmer, putting his hand up and saying, you know, I I can do sport. Uh, Zakes Spantwini, South African artist, saying arts and culture. And then we saw um, the leader of the Democratic Alliance, uh, John Stiernazen also saying, hey, I'm prepared to serve. What do you make of specifically uh, John Steenazen? Because I suppose the argument that he's presenting is uh, it's a mess and I can help So look outside of the ANC because it's the ANC that's the problem. As far as he's concerned,
1: yeah, I think that there's a there's a there's a valid argument to be made not just for the DA, but for political parties in this country, for the president to look outside of the ANC. He did it with Patricia de They, they, you know, the, the former president uh, presidents have occasionally appointed other parties as acting other party leaders as acting presidents. There were moments of flirtation there with each other. I think in this particular instance. Um, we need a national nation-building project that must be at the forefront of this cabinet reshuffle. He needs to bring in people who truly carries the, the respect of the nation to lead it into this renewal. And, and I'm, I'm not advocating that the president goes and finds a John Stianazen or you know a Julius Malema to, to serve in his cabinet. I'm asking the president to be astute about people Outside of his party, who may carry a national vision that is of such import that he must have them in his cabinet and in his council. I, I think that's fundamental. I mean, I, I think, you know, uh, the leader of the opposition, Mr. Steele, uh, and the ANC is a, is a, is a sense of, uh, gives me a sense of, you know, am I your girlfriend or are you my boyfriend kind of conversation? I know that there's a flirtation going on. And I think the DA, in particular, uh, so the DA realizes. That after 20 years or so, they stuck at 3.6 million votes in this country. Uh, you know there are 25 million eligible voters at every election. The ANC gets just over 10 million. The DA has has peaked at 3.6 million. Uh, you know, 10-15 t- years later, um, uh, they, they're not growing beyond that. The EFF is stuck at a 1.8 million voters after 10 years. The Freedom Front since the start of our country, is stuck at 414,000 votes. So, so the opposition parties know that they've basically ceilinged in terms of their leadership roles. They can't influence beyond those numbers much anymore. Uh, I mean, the DA is not going to go from 3.6 million to 10 million in the next election. So, so finding other mechanisms to begin to engage the, the leadership of this country, the state, is, is, a, is a task that I think... Careful opposition leaders will have to find. I, I think that um, we, we have a sense of desperation in this country, and I, I am wishing the president well in his dialogues around who carries the mantle of national statehood in their mm. person that he needs to, to have around him. I think we've had too many people who have disappointed us as leaders in this country. Um, And I think right now the president has to make some serious decisions. But it mustn't be for the sake of, you know, a DA or a good party or Patricia DeLoe or, you know, a a, a Freedom Front or whoever. It has to be people with significant reputation that understands how to build a nation.
0: And that, I think, is where you
1: must make a decision.
0: It's a very difficult position that he finds himself in because one cannot also ignore, or he can't ignore, the ANC internal considerations that he needs to made or make. Oh, yeah. Also, considering the state of the ANC. But, Lorenzo, before I bring in any more questions <laughs> on this matter, uh, we joined on the line now a caller, uh, Mason in Bumalanga, brother. Always a pleasure speaking to you. Good evening. Uh, How are you, brother? All right, and you, man?
2: I'm um, good, man. Go ahead. Well, yeah, this whole re cabinet cabinet uh, i mean so, uh, rather yeah uh, yeah um, cabinet reshuffle rather i don't know yeah cabinet reshuffle bra i mean you've seen in the past that it does not lead to any constructive change in the country it's just a political uh, uh move especially in the light of the impending uh elections next year or Perhaps even in October, we do not know how the IEC shall decide. After all the build-up to his presidency in 2018, I have to say that Cyril Ramaphosa's incumbency has been rather anticlimactic, to say the least. And for me, and I think for the country at large, the first red flag was when he decided The first red flag that we as a country overlooked was when Ramaphosa decided to inherit a large chunk of Jacob Zuma's uh, cabinet, but we thought, okay, maybe, yeah, they will perform better under his leadership than they were under Jacob Zuma. However, as we've seen over the past two years, the chickens have finally come home to roost. So can you please, uh, I want to ask your guests this question what does he make of the congress system that is in use in countries such as your u.s where the country is not uh under where the country is not um under control of one party but rather the power is evenly shared between amongst or between two political parties as such as in the u.s uh with the republican party and the democratic party the democrats yeah. do not have absolute power uh, and it was the case when Trump was in in, um, in the office. The Republicans never had absolute power. So what does he make of such a system here in South Africa? Because I think that would be the joke to our rather um, un- yeah, uncompetitive yeah, polit- uh, political landscape. Because our political landscape has been uncompetitive for a long time. I know some people might think the DA is not performing now, but if you look at the East Rock, South Africa. Our political landscape has always been uncompetitive. Right, I think we got there. your point there,
0: uh, We got you there, my brother. Thank you very much, Masunabe in Bumalanga. Uh, Lorenzo, I'm going to ask you to just uh, hang ten with uh, responding to his question. Uh, let's go to Cape Town. Joseph, thanks for your patience. Good evening.
3: Hello, good evening. Um, to me, is that um, the ANC's time is over. The thing is this, um, there's old people that... Is, that pensioners that is in, in, in public, you get even brains, uh, black brains, yeah, uh, black people with, with intelligence that can lead this country. And we must get rid of this pensioners in government. We need fresh ideas. And as I say, the ANC has corrupted this whole country. And if people cannot see it anymore, and it makes me think. What happened in America? America's election was run like a third world because I believe 100% in America there was that was a whole fraud thing that was going on because uh, with Trump, because what Trump was standing for was right, and I think that the media, everyone was against Trump and what he did. If you go and and you went to the to the to the states. Uh, with these uh, Dominion machines, and they didn't want... Everybody was, like, in a, uh, the deep state that was controlling. Now it makes me wonder, South Africa, is the elect- elections legit in South Africa? It makes me think, because the ANC is destroying this country, I'm sorry to say it. And right. if you look no, at the we... Western Cape, you see, uh, the, the lady was talking earlier on about people um, uh, they didn't have houses, and they move away from... That's a big lie! This. we all can see it, even my black brothers, we're driving and they are sick and tired of these people. I don't, every time when you speak about the Eastern Cape, then people think that we, you, we say that, 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 that this country doesn't belong, uh, it belongs to everyone. But you can't just come into a province and you do do a house in, in Eastern Cape and now you squat here in this country. Most of our colored people here in Cape Town, we are 60 years old, 55 years old. 27 years under waiting list. A, a youngster from 22 23 years old come and he's getting a house and it's because he is from he is black and it's it's right. very very unsafe to the let's let's leave it at that joseph
0: joseph yeah i think i think we, we we got your point then and lorenzo i'm going to ask that we segue from the conversation into phoenix and i tell you why listening to the views that that joseph has expressed right particularly uh, you know, the whole uh, migrants from the Eastern Cape and the the idea that people are taking over people's um, houses on the waiting list and that dynamic and the racial tension that exists where that is concerned, where services are concerned. I'm mean, going to need you to respond to the point that um, Masonabe has raised, but also going to Joseph, what he says, so that we can move into the situation out in Phoenix. Just very quickly, um, the the, the first comment made is that, no, we we do have a parliamentary system in this country. We
1: don't have, uh, you know, a a separate Senate and Congress like they have in the United States and where there are two houses that hold uh, the president accountable. Um, We have a system where parliament... Uh, through the majority party and the other members hold holds the president accountable for his for his uh, services to the country, and then there is an executive in Pretoria that executes the mandate that they are that they are given. So so we're not going to have some major you know parliamentary system change because it's guided by our constitution. But what we must do is ensure that that we do open up the the system for more direct representation. Uh, I do think it's problematic that. Uh, and it's increasingly becoming cumbersome within our, within our parliamentary system that we don't have adequate direct representation. And I think it's an issue that, that we are beginning to be aware of, that we don't have direct representation, uh, but we have it by means of the party appointing our representatives based on the number of votes they get. So that, that's a discussion that must be held. The, the second question is, I, I mean, I, I, I don't necessarily, uh, I, you know, I can't share the sentiments expressed because it, it, it borders on, on classism and racism. But, but I do want to say that anybody can live in this country wherever they want to. Everybody has a right to live where they want to. What we need to do is ensure that people have a, an access to rights in this country that, that is dynamic and bold and brave and that there's an engagement. Our biggest problem that we have, and this is some uh, sort of the ANC's policy document, the first policy conference in 2017 already, where it was raised that there isn't a robust dialogue on rights in the industry. There isn't. There's, there's, a, there's an ascendancy to um, you know, the, the, the Bill of Rights, the South African Human Rights Commission, and, and we use those words. But a vibrant embracing of rights dialogue is very absent within our national system, within the national conversation. So in my first point, Geketso, uh, was we, we need leaders with a sense of statehood that will embrace how to build a nation. And the second major thing that I picked up from this weekend's stories that has emerged is that we do need a rights dialogue that is robust in this country, that's fierce, um, and that, that 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 hides behind the constitution of this country. It has no other a, a, a place of safety other than the constitution, and we need braver politicians who will stand for rights that are ensconced in the constitution. Now, and Phoenix is a, is a particular case in point because um, you know the 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 the, the, the uh, deaths, the murders that happened in Phoenix is a tragedy of epic proportions in this epic proportion in this country. I think we're sitting with a huge problem, and Phoenix is an insight into into what is wrong within our democracy, is um, we. You know, the Township of Phoenix was started in 1976 incidentally, um, uh, as, a, as a largely then apartheid Indian community. Uh, and it's one of the townships that have sort of the least movement in terms of transformation, in terms of uh, other communities moving in and occupying space and sort of intercultural, interracial housing. Um, and you, you do have a problem in that that 27 years later is is a problem in in any democracy. Um, and so, so what you have in Phoenix, what you saw this weekend with the march, is I think that Phoenix is misreading how angry the country is at them. I think they are misreading how angry we are. Making a statement that the perpetrators must be must be prosecuted and that um, you know we will. We will ensure that violence must end, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, is not enough, and I'm going to make that statement very clear. Again, as I say of the president, I think Phoenix is misreading how angry we are. There needs to be far more concerted efforts by the Phoenix residents to show this country that they are part of the South Africa we want to live in, that they embrace the constitution of this country that guarantees the rights of free movement of people, that they that they embrace that we are a multicultural multiracial, non-racial inclusive democracy and not some enclave that seeks to uh, live on the principles that were were designed by 1976 and so Phoenix is misreading the sentiment as I I sometimes think the President is too
0: I think to wrap uh, now that we are out of time uh, Lorenzo the, the challenges that we are confronted with in the country goes back to the question and the point that you made earlier on about Leadership, whether we're talking leadership in the president, leadership in those that he may or may not appoint if he does or does not have uh, a cabinet reshuffle. And that also reminds me of the uncertainty that also uh, touches on the question of of leadership, uh, proper leadership. And then, of course, the leadership that we need, whether we're talking Phoenix or addressing the sentiments that, that lie behind what, what, what Joseph was saying earlier on. There is a leadership issue with uh, just over a minute to go. How, how do we deal with that challenge and how do we find leadership within ourselves as South Africans?
1: Yeah, it, we, we have to dig deep. I think when Geraldine Fraser-Molichetti gave the Joe Kwabi lecture, um, she spoke uh, this weekend um, uh, at the uh, Harigwala uh, Foundation. She, she said it's about renewing ourselves. There's a deep sense that that leadership is going to come from a personal renewal. We need to renew the vision for what the Constitution calls us to do. The preamble to the Constitution is very clear. We have to live embracing a respectful, safe, inclusive, equitable democracy. And we have lost our way with that Constitution. Um, And I'm calling on us. I think you're right in saying leadership right now is a leadership that is focused on the Constitution of this country, understanding it and serving it.
0: All right, we well, appreciate your time. Thank you very much to Lorenzo Davis there, who's a social development activist, unpacking the news of the weekend, some of the stories at least. And